When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to A to Z Sports Powered, as always, by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Jack Gentry of the Tighten Up Podcast, and we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, powered, as always, by the BetMGM app, uh, going live weekday mornings at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Link to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline. Also hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads for more great Titans content. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us, and they help out all of you guys, like Wilson County Hyundai, WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where you go to make them a part of your new car buying process. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans at fbhp.com slash atoz. The Aura app, protecting your information online and get a two-week free trial with our link, aura.com slash atoz and Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations in the mid-state, Columbia, Murfreesboro and Franklin online, KrebsKubota.com. So, Jack, it's the day after Christmas. Do want to say again uh, to people that missed at the beginning, hope everybody did have a great Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And thank you for showing up the morning after Christmas. I hope as many of you have the day off from work as possible. Jack and I sit here on this Tuesday morning, this week, abbreviated holiday week, a little bit of a different uh, show lineup that we're used to. Zach traveling back today. Sam is in Chicago. He'll be traveling back after Titan the two today. And then uh, we'll do a little shuffling throughout the morning show roster for these shows. We're going to have a good week of show and, and shout out to everybody who is working uh, as uh, Scott and Rashid and everybody that said, no, I'm, I'm Lucas. I'm here. I'm working. We're all working here. Uh, but hope everybody had a great safe holiday. The Titans lost Jack. Uh, and it was a good thing, right? And so it, we were glad the Titans lost while we were at Acme doing a post-game show with a loss that was the positive thing to do. So, Jack, how are you feeling after a day of Christmas being off and then coming back and thinking about the Titans' loss to the Seahawks? Yeah, I don't know if I was glad to lose, but I think I was more okay with it this time than any other time this season just because of what you need to start looking forward to when it comes to draft position. The Titans right now – sit at seventh overall um, on Tankathon. So if the season ended today, they'd be picking with uh, seventh overall. Probably slide in and uh, get one of those left tackles at that spot, but we'll see. Titans have plenty of holes on that roster. Um, you know, uh, I, I that, these last couple games are going to be interesting because they're divisional games, and you, you want to – the team's going to want to show well. They're going to want to win, and, you know – Watching the Titans have success in the Mike Vrabel era since, you know, 2018, 2019, and really have a stranglehold over the division, it's it's been interesting to see kind of what the mental edge does when you sweep teams in your division, when you continue to put your foot on the Jags' neck, the Texans' neck, the Colts' neck, and they're down years. Well, those guys have a chance to do that to the Titans this year. And mm-hmm. could that, uh, you know, mental edge play a factor next season when they get together, when hopefully the Titans are playing for a little bit something more? Um We'll see, but, uh, you know, it's frustrating to me, Austin, 
because there are 24 teams still mathematically alive for the playoffs. That is the <laughs> most teams that are currently alive for the playoffs with two weeks remaining since there were 26 in 2004. Wow. The, the, the quarterbacks that eight and seven that are jockeying for a, a wild card spot are Gardner Minshew, CJ Stroud, Kenny Pickett, and Jake Browning. It, it hurts me because this was the year where if you stayed healthy and you played competent football, you could make a run in the playoffs. I don't know that there's a single great team in the NFL last night. Yeah. Baltimore Ravens sure made a case last night that they are the one great team, but it just feels like a great year to slide in at the wild card spot like the Buffalo Bills are going to end up doing if they don't win the division and make a run in the playoffs. Like this this could have been the Titans had they figured out cornerback and offensive line this offseason. They didn't do that. And sadly, instead of talking playoffs, here we are, like you said, not upset that they lost on Sunday. Yeah, and they're five and ten. And I think there's there's some comments I want to get to here because this is a really solid way to transition into the topic and really the conversation that we're having. Nick says competitive losses are okay at this point. <clears throat> and then uh, you see uh, a conversation from Amar saying the funny thing is they're not trying to lose. They're just bad. But are the Titans, how, how bad are they, right? Like they're not Cardinals bad. They're not Patriots bad. Even though the Patriots beat the Broncos on Sunday night to make things muddy. And so like the Titans have lost seven one score games this season. So only three times have the Tennessee Titans at five and 10, one of the eight teams eliminated from the playoffs lost by more than one score. And that is the NFL. It's one score games up and down. Like the giants are one of those eliminated teams, bad loss uh, to the uh, Eagles last night, but it was a one score loss, even though the Eagles win that game. And Tyler brings up the chiefs are falling apart. The Jags have lost four in a row. There's so many teams that look like frauds. The Cowboys lose. The Niners look like they were rolling. Then they just get blown out. And their quarterback, who was the MVP favorite, <clears throat> throws four picks and apparently has a stinger and can't finish the game in a blowout. And the so Eagles are frauds. The, the Eagles have holes. Who doesn't? The Dolphins lost the Titans three weeks ago. <laughs> There's so many ridiculous things in this NFL season that make it confusing and that make it feel like a missed opportunity. And I want to play Mike Vrabel after losing that game because this sets the table for what this show is about to be. No, it's always frustrating when you lose. Uh, comes down to a handful of plays, just like we saw today, whether it's us making one, us not making one, them making one, a penalty here. Um, you know, that's what it comes down to. And we've seen that. And, you know, there'll be a lot of good plays in there. And unfortunately, there's, uh, you know, just some plays that ended up getting beat, you know, in a close game. And they got beat. And there's plays that they didn't make, plays that they allowed, penalties that they had. As Vrabel said, Trey Avery uh, was the victim of both not making a play, the Seahawks making plays, and a penalty uh, right there. And so I, I feel like the Titans, honestly, are not as far away from where we want them to be as uh, we think. And so I, I had this thought, Jack. Sunday night after we left Acme, after I dropped you off and we said, Hey to Sam on the phone real quick. And then I was driving back and I was like, you know what? Are the Titans really that far away? And then I crafted this tweet as bad as the Titans have been. They still squandered a chance at a run for the AFC South. self-inflicted overtime losses, to Colton Texans, 
plus dropping a winnable game today versus the Seahawks all within the last four weeks. This team has creatively become five and 10 when it really should be eight and seven. And Jack, the last four games is all I'm focusing on. I'm not worried about the other close games, week one against the Saints or even the Steelers game early in November or the first Colts game in Lucas Oil. But just look at the last four games. The Titans, overtime three-point loss to the Colts. Go down to Miami and you beat the Dolphins and come back fashion on Monday night. You come back home, a lot of optimism. The season's on the line. You lose the Texans in overtime by three and you're eliminated. Then, Ryan Tannehill's back at quarterback after Will Levis is hurt. You put a bunch of dudes on IR, ending their season, and you still lose by three points. So, Jack, there's... This team had halftime leads in all three of those games. They've got five halftime leads this season where they've ended up losing them. And I know you brought that up in our post game show at Acme. Mm-hmm. Should this team be eight and seven? I mean, how do you just, before we dive into like our main question here, how do you feel about my tweet overall of how close they were at eight and seven or could be eight and seven because of what's happened the last four weeks winning one and losing three by three points apiece. Yeah. So Mike Vrabel's teams have been known to win these close games and they've done that a whole lot over the last two, three, four seasons. And typically in the NFL, it's, you know, it's, it's a league in which the three point games you're going to need to win the Vikings last year, I think won like 10 games decided by one score or less this year. They're on the wrong side of that. It typically water always finds its level in these one-score games. This year, the Titans are are really taking some damage in those situations, but uh, Mike Vrabel's teams are always, are not always, because this is a different group. It's a different personnel, you know, and, and they're not talented. They don't have enough talent to be a double-digit team, a double-digit win team right now. But when you look across the league, there's teams that are doing more with less, that have a bad quarterback or have a bad roster that are finding ways to win. Like uh, the Colts, are an example of that. The Steelers are, are an example. Joe Flacco and the Browns. The Browns have a great roster, but a you know a thirty nine year old Joe Flacco is somehow looking like um, mm-hmm. prime Flacco. But it, it Vrabel's teams are always going to play close, which is is frustrating, but it's also nice because the tight. It feels like the Titans are in every game. Now this year they've blown five halftime leans, so it's yep. it, it's a bit of a testament to the coaching staff, I think, and not being able to 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 call the game on offense the way you should, where you can stretch leads out, where you can really kind of, uh, you know, keep teams within an arm's reach and pull away in the second half. They haven't been able to do some of that. You know, that 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 probably falls into the personnel group. We'll, we'll, we'll debate that here in a second. But sure. Vrabel's, Vrabel's teams are always going to play close games. This year, they're not winning the close ones. Uh, they, they need more stability on the offensive line. That's I think everybody knows that. But at the same time, it's – past Vrabel, right? It's Tim Kelly. How, how are we going to stretch these things out when we're when the Titans are up double digit at halftime against the Texans and Case Keenum? You've got to find a way to pull away from that team. Uh, when they're up against an injured Geno Smith and a Seahawks team traveling across the country the day before Christmas, you've got to put your foot on their throats. They haven't been able to do that this year. And whether $75 million in a, a nice draft class next year can help that, I'm not so sure because the coaching staff has showed us time and time again that they don't know how to you know turn one possession leads into two possession leads how to score that first touchdown coming out of the out of the break with a lead 
So it, there's still some flaws with the, within the uh, the coaching staff, but personnel doesn't get off the hook either. No, personnel's not off the hook, but let's get into this stat because the, the topic and the title of today's show is a former Titan strength has flipped to a weakness. And this is kind of uh, about Mike Vrabel and, and Buck Rising uh, wrote about this uh, after the game uh, on Sunday night. I'll, we'll go through that a lot deeper, but first I want to tell everybody about our great friends at Krebs Kubota, KrebsKubota.com. They are Middle Tennessee's preferred equipment provider. And whenever you need equipment uh, for whatever project you have around your home, your property, maybe for your business, Krebs Kubota is where you should turn for all of your equipment needs. They have three amazing locations, family-owned and operated. They started in Columbia, family-owned company, started in Columbia, dealing equipment, and they grow to Franklin and Murfreesboro because they are that good at customer service. They know how to treat people the right way and how to bring you back because having a relationship with your equipment provider is the ultimate thing because you never, you're not an expert. Nobody's really an expert at equipment unless you've been doing it for decades, and that's where Krebs Kubota comes in because they have been doing it for decades in Middle Tennessee. They've got the three locations that I mentioned, Columbia, Franklin, Murfreesboro, but they're also an elite Kubota dealer. They have an amazing relationship with the Kubota brand, which means they have the best equipment and the best warranties in the industry online right there at KrebsKubota.com. Austin, I don't know if you saw this, but last night there was a better that put $5 on a 14-leg touchdown parlay in the NFL and ended up turning that into four hundred and eighty-nine thousand dollars, guys. Oh. You you can do that well, you, you, <laughs> if you get extremely lucky, extremely lucky. But you won't have a chance to do that if you don't sign up with BetMGM and use our bonus code ATOZ Sports. Sign up with BetMGM, plug in our promo code, and you'll get up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. They want you to start off in the green. Bowl season is in full swing, by the way. We got three bowl games today, four bowl games tomorrow. Four bowl games on Thursday. It's an awesome time to get some skin in the game. If you're going to be lounging around the house with nothing to do, you'll have the TV on. Download BetMGM. Use our bonus code ATOZ Sports and start winning money. Remember that first bet offer. If your first bet misses, you'll get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. That's a great offer from BetMGM. Take advantage of it by plugging in our promo code ATOZ Sports. All right, so Jack, uh, right here, Bradley comes in on YouTube, says seven to ten losses are one score games. Yes, and that and that is, look, that is the NFL. The NFL is a one-score game league. That's what I want it set up. You mentioned earlier this is the most uh, playoff contending teams with two games left since 2004 with 24 teams alive. That's what the NFL wants. The NFL doesn't want – look, the Titans have played just one game at five and nine going into it, eliminated from the playoffs. And they only have three games, one of the worst teams in the league record-wise. So that's what the NFL wants because the NFL extended to 17. They reset the schedule because they want uh, the, the division games late, all of this stuff, right? This is playing out how the business of the NFL wants it to be. But for Mike Vrabel, previously, Mike Vrabel's one of his strengths was being able to find a way to win the one score games. He even said so many times uh, in post-game pressers or post-game locker room speeches, it ain't pretty, but it's beautiful, right? It ain't pretty, but it's beautiful. A win is a win. It's hard to win in this league, he would say in these things. And you got to find a way to win, and we found a way to win today. So many times we heard Mike Vrabel say that. Jack, in fact, we heard Mike Vrabel say that 21 out of 32 times from 2018 to 2021. In his first four seasons, 
the Titans were 21 in 11 in one score games. That is an incredible rate. Since they lost the playoffs, the last playoff game to the Bengals, Vrabel and the Titans are 9 and 13 in one score games. Shout out Buck Rising. I, I posted that link uh, in the chat here from A2ZSports.com. 9 and 13 in one score games since their last playoff appearance. 21 and 11 before then. The Titans are 4 and 7 this year, meaning last year in one score games, they were uh, 2. I'm sorry, they were five and and uh, five and six last year. So eleven one score games last year. So far, they've played in eleven this year with two left. So this is flipped. It used to be a strength. Now it's a weakness. Why? Right? Why is that? It's the same head coach. There has been overturn and churn of the of the roster and the coaching staff, but the ability and the lack of clutch the Titans have had the last two seasons versus what they had the previous four seasons is pretty substantial, Jack. Yeah, you can't argue with that. And, you know, the devil's in the details with this Titans team. The first down trends, running Derrick Henry into a wall, you know it's not going to work. It feels like this year more than, you know, previous years, the Titans have really been less self-aware in what works, what doesn't work. Because, you know, what works two, three years ago when the Titans were winning the AFC in the regular season, when they were back-to-back divisional champs, it, it feels like Mike Vrabel has struggled. And we always talk about the, the, the Mike Vrabel formula in the post-game show. It feels like the formula has changed. And yeah. uh, like fans have realized it. A lot of people in the national media have realized that you can't win that way anymore with Derrick Henry and this bad offensive line. But it, this coaching staff, it was just last week, right, where – they ran Derrick Henry 16 times and he had more yards after contact than actual yards in the football game. Mm-hmm. That that's, that's a, that's a weakness that we've seen since week one in the offensive line. Since really last year in the offensive line, they didn't do enough to patch it up this off season. So it's just stuff like that. It's missing two extra points. It's getting two punt blocks in a game or two punts block in a game. It's losing two overtime games. It's blowing the five halftime leads. It's it's losing seven one score games. If you can, you don't even have to win half of them. If you win three of those one score games, you're eight and seven, and you're battling it out down the stretch against Minshew, Stroud, Pickett, and Browning. I like Jack, I like my chances there against Jack. If the tight, if they're eight and seven right now, which is kind of, and I'll and I'll show my tweet here in a second because this is I, I I'm right there with you. Look, like. They've lost self-inflicted against the Colts and the Texans. You mentioned those. And then Sunday against the Seahawks. If they're eight and seven because they can win those games, they're playing against Jacksonville at home for the division. Because guess who else is eight and seven? And then the the Texans and the Colts are one loss more because you won those games that you had the lead at halftime. I mean, like you're dead on with this. And who knows if Trevor Lawrence is going to be healthy enough to start for the Jags in that game. You, you right. just never know how it plays out. I like that the NFL is making every team play a divisional game in Week 18. I think that that makes it just a little more interesting um, with teams that can spoil, like the Titans are going to be in a position to do this year. And uh, it, it's just it's just frustrating because of how weak the league seems to be this year. Like watching the Chiefs yesterday, I mean, they they needed help from the officials just to stay in that game late. 
the AFCs as weak as I can remember. I mean, if the Browns are winning 10 games with Joe Flacco behind center, mm-hmm. like anything could happen in the playoffs. It, it, I do expect it to be a very fun postseason this year, but it, it just stinks because there's only eight teams eliminated from the action, Austin, and the Titans are one of those. We haven't been in this position. We, we've we always had something to play for, it feels like, down the stretch. This is the first year where we're trying to play spoiler, and it's a different feel. It's frustrating because, you know, when the Titans have been really good over the last few years, the AFC has been loaded. The Kansas City Chiefs have been world beaters. The Buffalo Bills have been really tough to beat. Lamar Jackson, when they beat Lamar Jackson, was the MVP of the league. Uh, Tom Brady with the Patriots, they had to get by. It feels like every year the Titans were in the playoffs, the AFC was so, so good. And the first time the AFC is having a down year, the Titans won't be in it. Right. So uh, I want to get to some chat uh, comments because you guys are on it. Um, uh, Danny says, think about what you just said, Jack. That's all coaching. The things that you were listing, all coaching. Uh, Patrick saying Henry was visibly frustrated in post-game press conference. Absolutely. Um, and then you see JR saying seven and 10 last year, about to be five and 12 this year, but Hey, Vrabel's safe. LOL. What a loser mentality. Adam says until Vrabel is fired, this team will continue to struggle. Even though I just mentioned, you know, his first four seasons, he was 21 and 11 in one score games. And now just nine and 13, Rashid brings up a great point who was developing the O-line back in 19 to 21. Yeah. Look, previous draft failures or why you're here. When the mm-hmm. Titans were drafting well in 2016 and drafting well in 2017 for, you know, for the most part in 2018, getting Harold Landry in the second round where Sean Evans was better early than he was late. And in all this, right? Like you, your draft failures burn you three years down the road. Your draft successes help you immediately and two to three years down the road. So you got something on that one? No, I, I was going to say. No, you you know sound what? like you look like you want to say something. I know because I had this conversation last night with my dad while we were watching uh, <laughs> while we were watching a game, and, and it just feels like you know with all these injury issues the Titans have had over the last few years. David Long goes to Miami, doesn't have a problem. AJ Brown's missing no games up in Philadelphia. I mean, if Christian Fulton goes somewhere this offseason and never misses another game, it will be the most frustrating thing of all time. It, it, the Titans just while they haven't caught any breaks this year. Like, you make your own luck at a certain point, right? Like, you've got to put yourself in a position to get lucky. The Titans haven't done that. And that's what we're seeing in some of these one-score losses. Yeah, and Lamar said, uh, if because this is what I said, right? If the Titans can win those three games where they had halftime leads in the last – I'm just focusing on the last four. I'm not even talking about the Saints in week one winnable game, Pittsburgh uh, in November winnable game on Thursday night with Levis – or the first Colts game that was winnable if you don't let Zach Moss gain 200 yards. But just against the Colts, overtime loss, against the Texans, overtime loss, and this past Sunday against the Seahawks, uh, three-point loss. Lamar says if the Titans were 8-7, and we'll be one and done the playoff. This O-line uh, is worse than last year. They suck. I mean, look, there's no doubt about that. But and if the Titans uh, did make – and then – MB says, Austin, then what? Like, then what if they're eight and seven and they can beat the Jags in the last week to win the division and have a home playoff game? Then what? And my answer is, then Will Levis is in the playoffs as a rookie. And then Will Levis still has the salary cap around him that you can go build. And now you've got positive experiences. So MB like, and everybody else who thinks, 
if the Titans make the playoffs, made the playoffs this year in retrospect, they're just going to get slaughtered in the first week. And then what? Well, you still have that experience. Like I, I think a, a quarterback making the playoffs early in their career is only a positive. It's not a negative. And, you know, Bork says uh, this probably is the worst position grouping Vrabel's ever had. The O-line's terrible. The defensive linemen are altering whoever else is found healthy. Yeah, for sure. But they still had a chance to win a bunch of games, and then they've lost them late, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, MB's usually spot on in the comments. I, I, I hate this, and I know MB's not the only, only one in the chat that feels that way, where, okay, if the Titans make the playoffs, who cares? They're not going to do any damage. This whole Super Bowl or bust mentality is so wrong because so many times, like, like you you see teams that go on to win a Super Bowl. Well, they've had failures in the playoffs before. Perhaps the Baltimore Ravens are going to be an example of that this year if they run the table in the playoffs. You got to get in the dance, figure out how to win there, and then the next time you're there, you you learn from those mistakes. You learn how to win in these close games late in the playoffs, and the experience factor really plays a part. You see that in the MLB all the time. Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of how I feel on the Super Bowl or bust thing. But all right, y- y- so so Jack, let's get to our fir- let's get to our main question here because there's been a lot of good comments. I think we've already had a really good conversation, and we haven't even gotten to our question yet. So with all the things we've been talking about, the Titans have lost seven one score games. They've blown five halftime leads. So here's the question, and I think this is really good. Sam, Jack, and I thought really hard about how we wanted to phrase this for about 10 minutes this morning. Has good coaching kept the Titans in close games or has bad coaching lost those close games? So I'll read it again. Has good coaching kept Titans games close or has bad coaching lost them close games? So it's it's good. You guys can answer it simply in the chat. Good coaching kept it close or bad coaching lost close games. So good coaching or bad coaching is how you guys can answer this. I don't want to both because yes, everything is involved, but I want a good coaching or a bad coaching answer from you guys, because this is very interesting. But first farm your health plan, nothing but good coaching from farm your health plans for your health coverage plan on them for health, dental and vision. You can do everything right there at farm your health plans. They've served Tennesseans for over 75 years. That's in every county, every nook and cranny and corner of the state. Farm Your Health Plans has been able to help uh, people with their health coverage have the right coverage for your family, the right coverage for your situation, whatever it may be, help you grow, help your family grow, and feel protected in every area. Don't feel the need to pay out of pocket for going to the dentist. That's something you should be able to do twice a year, at least to keep your mouth clean. That's one of the things uh, that that creates a lot of disease late in life. So Farm Bureau Health Plans can help you take advantage of that. It's so easy to get started with over 200 plus locations uh, in the entire state, or you can get started online by going to fbhp.com slash ATOZ. We've been great partners with Farm Bureau Health Plans for multiple years. They invest in their community with their relationships with the Titans, with the Tennessee Balls, with other colleges, high schools, communities, youth sports, you name it. Farm Bureau Health Plans is everywhere. Plan on them and go to fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Yes, go to betmgm.com. Use our promo code that you see on your screen, ATOZ Sports, and you'll get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. There's plenty of action going on. This is a really fun time of the sports year. 
with college football in full swing. There's games at all hours of the day. They stagger them. There's one at 1 today. There's one at 4.30 today. There's one at 8 tonight. It's going to be so much fun. I know y'all are all going to be watching. So why not throw a little pizza money on a game? Download BetMGM, use our bonus code APOZ Sports, and you'll get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. If you strike out on the 1, one o'clock game, BetMGM says, you know what? There's a 4.30 game. We're going to help you win some money on this one. Download BetMGM. They want you to win. Use ATOZ Sports as the bonus code to get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. All right. I, I see uh, right here, uh, I see somebody saying uh, how, how not to says uh, the question is dumb. I don't think the question is dumb at all. We're trying to analyze what is wrong with the Titans because Mike Vrabel's team went from 21 and 11 in one score games to nine and 13 in one score games the last two years and four and seven in one score games, blowing five halftime leads this season, including in all three of their last three losses where they had winnable games. I'll throw it up there on the screen again. These winnable games where they lost in overtime to the Colts and Texans by three. They missed an extra point in both of those games. And then they lose against the Seahawks after basically leading the entire game, 20 to 17, giving up that touchdown drive to Geno Smith uh, and a guy named Colby Parkinson catching a touchdown pass over Trey Avery. So, Jack, we asked this question. Are the has good coachings? Has good coaching, excuse me, kept games close or has bad coaching lost close games? Which is it more? Because we all know that the roster is bad. Mm -hmm. And people, I like this from Bork, people calling this a dumb question because it's a hard question. Thank you. So is it good coaching to keep games close or bad coaching that they're losing close games? Jack, I'll send you to the chat because I am fascinated to see where people land on this yeah i feel i feel for bork or i feel like bork because i said the same thing about the act um good coaching says steven <laughs> on youtube bad coaching says devin on facebook ashley says bad uh jake says this season it's been both it has been kind of a mixed bag i will give him that steven we King know says we know coaching. it's been both uh, we want more give us one or the other david says bad john agrees daff agrees david agrees uh chris agrees Adam agrees. Uh, good, says Rashid. Um, Darius says bad coaching. Nick agrees. Uh, bad coaching from Caleb. Uh, let's see. Alan Crest says which game feels a little Jekyll and Hyde-ish uh, this season sure. at times when you go out and beat the Dolphins on Monday night then lose because you can't knock down an extra point against Houston uh, or hold a halftime lead. Um, good, bad coaching from Jody. Good coaching from Brandon. So it, it it actually is a little more mixed than I thought, you know. Yeah. When like you're it. when you're a, when you're a five and ten team in the NFL, Austin, nobody's going to say, "Hey, you know what? The coaching has really kept it close for us this year. We should be way worse." The only situation where that might apply is in New York, where they've had a disaster at quarterback all season, and Brian Dable somehow keeps them in games against really good teams, like he did yesterday. But I was about to say, which New York team are you talking about? I didn't know until you said Brian uh -huh. Dable's name. The Giants. So yeah. Um, so for, for me, there has been times where it has been good coaching, but not enough to make me say that the good coaching has kept the Titans in games. Um, I, I think the bad coaching is definitely standing out this season more than most. You know, there are some things that you can teach. One of those is discipline. And the Titans do not do well in the penalty department. 
one, two, three, four. The Titans are tied for fifth in the NFL with the fifth most penalties. They have the fifth, or they, excuse me, they have the most false starts in the NFL this season. I understand you've had a mix and match group at offensive line. There's been no continuity, and um, some of those guys aren't used to playing important snaps, and they're they're getting a little antsy. But at the same time, that reflects upon your coaching staff. That makes Mike Rabel look bad. The five halftime leads that they've blown, not executing late in games, the set of the seven one score games that they've lost. I mean, you you've won with Ryan Tannehill before. The secondary at times, it feels like that they're they're playing too far off receivers. Um, the pass rush is the only really redeeming quality about that defense outside of Aziz Alshire, who's played good this year. But to me, it's the bad coaching. You know, you know, when you're a five and ten team and you've won with this core before, it just makes me feel like the coaching this year has really let the Titans down in certain spots. And I know that they don't have a lot to work with. But we've seen the Titans do more with less. We know Mike Vrabel is capable of being eight and seven right now with this particular group of guys because he he won the AFC in the regular season with a, a, a you know a mix and match group a couple of years ago. So because we've seen Mike Vrabel do more with less, I am underwhelmed by this coaching performance this season. Tim Kelly has a, a role to play in that and his play calling at times. The Titans' inefficiency in the red zone and on third downs. And you know, setting them up for failure on first downs this season more than the last few. I, I believe um, the coaching staff has had a hand in this more than anyone else. So to me, it's the bad coaching, Austin. Mm. Okay, bad coaching. So Jack, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give you some more ammo on your bad coaching because I, you know, I completely roasted their first down play calling. This is versus the Texans, right? First down play calling, they ran the ball 15 times, gained minus two yards. They call it, they passed the ball nine times on first down to gain 34. They were better. They were better against the Seahawks, but the results still ended in a loss and only scoring 17 points, not being able to crack that 17-point mark uh, there. But I heard this from Will Bowling this morning on 104.5 The Zone. Right? How many times – like the Titans had the lead, right, for like – almost the entire game against Seattle, right, Jack? Ryan Tannehill, do you know how many times he he dropped back to pass? With the lead, you're asking? No, just in general. How, do you know how many oh, times? Yeah. I'll just go ahead and tell you. Ryan Tannehill dropped back to pass 41 times. 41 times he dropped back to pass. Do you That's know not how, how you many, win. No. Do you know how many times? No, look, there's a couple situations, end of pass and end of game, when there was no other choice. So that really kind of messes up the, the breakdown where there's probably a dozen plays minimum right there in those 41 dropbacks, right? He threw the ball 25 times. He was sacked six and he ran and he, I'm sorry, I, I messed that up. And he, he dropped back 33 times, not 41 times, 33 times. So, he uh, threw the ball 25, ran the ball twice, sacked six times in 33 dropbacks. Out of 33 dropbacks, do you know how many were play action passes? 33 dropbacks. How many were play action? In a eight. game, the Titans were leading for the majority of the game. I'm going to go eight. Nine. I'm pretty close. Nine out of 33 were play action passes. That is horrible coaching. 
because Derrick Henry was running the ball where well, Tajay Spears was running the ball well. You had oh, you had over 160, you had 125 rushing yards from your running backs, and you only drew up nine play action passes. Yeah, see, that goes back to my thing about not being self-aware, Austin, because you want to drop back that many times with this protection. Like, like you you know who, who you are up front, and it is bad. It is embarrassing. And you want to drop Ryan Tannehill back that many times. That is what is what kills me the most. It's that everyone knows what the Titans' weaknesses are, except for Tim Kelly, it feels like. So why why drop him back that many times? When the run game's working, Use that to your advantage. Run play action. Hit a deep shot. We didn't see them take one deep shot all game long on Sunday, Austin. Mm-hmm. To me, that's got to be something where Mike Vrabel gets in the headset. I know he's not calling the plays, but he's got control. And he can say, hey, you know what, Tim? We hadn't we hadn't thrown anything deep today. Let's see if we can beat him over the top. Let's see if we can D-hop the ball over the top. Because D-hop was the most frustrated player on that Titans team on Sunday. And how have the Titans won on offense this season? DeAndre Hopkins, getting him the ball early and often. He was not involved in the game plan at all, it felt like. They completely took him away on Sunday. And, yeah. uh, you know, the Seahawks secondary came into the, came into the game ranked 24th in the league against the pass. How how can we not get D-Hop the football there, Tim Kelly? So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally with you there. The trends have been really concerning, and Tim Kelly's lack of awareness on what doesn't work for the Titans continues to pop up. And we're, we've got two games left. This should have been figured out after the bye week, Austin. Yeah, for sure. And especially when Will Levis was playing well, they're not doing enough play action. And I'll, I'll go even deeper. So on those nine uh, play action dropbacks, only one sack allowed. On the 25 non-play action dropbacks, five sacks. <laughs> so you can see a clear difference of this offensive line is bad. Nobody's saying they're not. But it needs the offensive line needs play action pass to survive and to not get the quarterback killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they weren't doing it enough, especially in a game where they had the lead up until what the third quarter, um, when uh, mid third quarter to late, well, maybe it was even late early fourth quarter, they had the lead and were only um, doing play action like uh, a third of the time. So Jack, I'm going to answer the question, though, because once again we asked, is it good coaching keeping Titans games close or bad coaching losing close games? You said bad coaching losing close games. I think it's honestly the opposite. I am going to give a lot of credit to Mike Vrabel and his staff this year because I and I think this is why Mike Vrabel is not going to go anywhere because – there's no reason why the Titans should have been with this roster in so many close games. Look, they are definitely at fault for losing some of those games, but when Derrick Henry scores a touchdown to put the Titans up 17 to 13, and you've been shutting down Geno Smith's offense basically all game, and then Trey Avery just gives up yards after yards, catch after catch, has a penalty, there's nothing the Titans coaches can do on that drive to overcome a bad player, unfortunately, like Trey Avery is. And this is not a personal attack on Trey Avery. He was an undrafted free agent. He's living out his dream. He's out there playing a lot of snaps as an NFL corner, but he's getting too many snaps for his ability. 
And I think Trey Avery probably knows that too. And that sucks because somebody's got to go out there and do it. When you have your starting two corners hurt and you don't have good starting corners when they're healthy to begin with and DK Metcalf's on the other side. There's nothing that player can do. And there's really not much those coaches can do. And it still was a tough touchdown drive for Seattle. And so in these moments where they're losing close games, they're losing close games because their players aren't good enough. And I'll play Mike Vrabel's clip one more time for the post-game press conference after that loss to Seattle. No, it's always frustrating when you lose. Uh, comes down to a handful of plays, just like we saw today, whether it's us making one, us not making one, them making one, a penalty here. Um, you know, that's what it comes down to. And we've seen that. And, you know, there'll be a lot of good plays in there. And unfortunately, there's, uh, you know, just some plays that ended up getting beat, you know, in a close game. And that's exactly, it's true. And unfortunately, they've had the worst team in a lot of these close games. And yeah. they've lost because the players can't make that handful of plays that dictates and decides a final score. No, I, I agree with you. And, you know, the players aren't without blame in this. Like, they've assembled a bad group of players at key positions, right? Like, you, if you're bad in the NFL at certain spots, you don't want to be bad in the secondary, and you don't want to be bad on the offensive line. The Titans are bad in both. But the one point that I will push back on is okay. I, feel like, I feel like you're grading on a curve a little bit with the one-score losses because the NFL is a league where you're going to play one-score games consistently like the Carolina Panthers who've won two games this year have lost six one score games and they're on their second coach this season so I don't want to give the Titans too much credit for being in these games the NFL is not a league like college football where you're going to win by 30 points on a few, you know three weeks in a row it, it, there, there aren't as many blowouts in this league so that's why I don't want to give them credit for just being in these games the Titans should be in these games they've got a defense that can keep them in these games and has kept them in these games how you execute on offense has been the reason why they haven't won some of those games. Yeah, but again, like <clears throat> you know, you, you get a you, you get a lead. <clears throat> excuse me, in the second half, and you can't make you can't hang on the lead because your players are now pressing. And like, the, I also think there's a thing about the coaches not having a killer instinct and not having as much confidence in the players to hang on to a lead, and so they're calling it conservatively. Look, yeah. it, look, they're. It's a bad team, but I, overall, I do think the coaches have done a good job at keeping them competitive no matter who they're rolling out there. And, and it's hard to really say otherwise. There are, there are what, really three games that you look at this season where the Titans had no chance at Cleveland, at Jacksonville, at Tampa, where they just got boat raced and had no shot. Yeah, I think a question that needs to be asked in this conversation is, and there's three answers to this. Are are the Titans not meeting their expectations that were set out for them in the preseason? Are they meeting their expectations or are they exceeding their expectations? If you're meeting or exceeding your expectations, then I think good coaching is the answer. But I don't think they're doing either of those things. I think that heading into this season, and you know, we didn't know the injury situations. We didn't know the, you know, the variables going into this season as they're are for every team in the NFL, but I believe the Titans are are are, are playing are not meeting their expectations. So I'm going to have to put that on the coaching staff. And we knew this was a bad O line coming in. We 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 did think that Andre Dillard might help, 
which, you know, we've been fooled by that one. But mm-hmm. uh, and Christian Fulton and Traylon Burks both looked great in camp and haven't done anything. So the players are to blame here. Players are not without blame in this conversation. But I think because that they are so far below the expectations that we had set out for them in the preseason, then that that reflects negatively on the coaching staff. For sure. All right. I, I do have a couple of comments that are pushing back on me uh, and my take here that good coaching has kept the games close more than bad coaching losing close games. Uh, I'll get to those comments that are pushing back and disagreeing with me. Uh, but first, Aura is how you can stay protected uh, with your information online. Download the Aura app, but first use our link for our sponsor, Aura, aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. You get a two-week free trial with Aura services right there. Aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. Get data brokers out of your life. What are data brokers? They are out there to profit off of your information. They attain your information. Then they sell your information to the robocallers, the telemarketers, and the scammers and spammers. And they constantly hit you up via phone, email, mailbox, whatever it is. But when you download the Aura app and use our link, Aura.com slash A-T-O-Z, you get a two-week free trial. And then Aura removes those data brokers from your life by stripping your information away from their database. It worked for me. 30 data brokers were sharing my information or get rid of them in five or six days. And we're giving you a two-week free trial to start your new year off the right way. Your new year's resolution, get rid of the spam calls with our link for our sponsor, Aura, aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. Download BetMGM, use our bonus code A to Z sports, and you'll receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. The college football world is about to really turn it up. We've got the college football playoffs on the horizon, New Year 6, Tennessee, Iowa coming up as well. So get in the game with BetMGM, use our bonus code A to Z sports, get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. You do not want to miss out on this offer. So get some skin in the game. Your friends are going to be texting you anyways. Who you got? We bet in this game? Oh, you like, you like the over? Who you like? You like side? You're going to have an answer. You're going to watch the game. So you might as well download BetMGM and use our bonus code ATOZ Sports. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, because the only new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification, other requirements. First, online room money with your only rewards. You should not have bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days. If you're a football game, a sport called Tennessee Redline, 800 9789. All right. So we asked the question is it good coaching, uh, keeping them in close games, or bad coaching uh, to lose those close games? I'm going to go to some comments. The disgruntled gentleman says, wow, this coaching staff is bad, Austin. Stop it. And Nicole says, Austin's always siding with Vrabel. He's as good as the coaches he's hired. And I don't, Nicole, I don't know how many of our shows you've watched. Maybe you've watched some shows that I've been on uh, the side of Mike Vrabel. I don't think I am somebody who's defended Mike Vrabel. Jack, would you describe me as somebody who's defended Mike Vrabel a ton? You know, I think that Nicole's second point was right and that he's only as good as the coaches he hires. I do agree with that point. But you, just two weeks ago after the loss of the Texans, were all over Vrabel about yes. meddling in the offense and you know running Derrick Henry on first down. You believed that that was a Vrabel thing, not a Tim Kelly thing. So I, you, I think you, the reason, you yeah. have your fair share of criticism for Mike Vrabel. Yes, Mike Vrabel. I am not. I am not a Mike Vrabel defender by any means. I was also saying uh, a couple months ago that if the Patriots seriously want to trade for Mike Vrabel, the Titans should consider it. <laughs> that that is what I feel about Vrabel. Could it be worse? Yes. Is the grass always greener? Uh, no. But Mike Vrabel's not anywhere near perfect. I think he's had a bad stretch. They've lost so many games, but the roster's been bad, and he's had not been great with it. But overall, he is a net positive as a coach. So 
I think Vrabel does a good job of creating a game plan that is going to give them the best opportunity to keep it close as possible, but they don't have that game breaker or that dude to bring them over the edge. And they did against Miami and they put it in the hands of Levis and Tajay Spears and DeAndre Hopkins when they were down against Miami and it worked. They haven't done that in some games and Mike Vrabel deserves blame for not doing that. But I, and I, and Mike Vrabel's always been this way. He's always leaned on veterans. He's preferred veterans over young players when young players might have more juice. And Ryan Tannehill lost the Titans the game on Sunday. In my opinion, he missed plays. He took sacks that can't be taken. He threw complete passes that should have been thrown in the dirt to save clock. Mike Vrabel leans on veterans to make the smart play. And a lot of times this year, the veterans have not. And yeah, he just doesn't he just doesn't have the dude to bring him out of a bad situation like he had the first three to four years to five years of his head coaching career. You know, this year's a bit of an anomaly, but when when the Titans talk about reinventing themselves on offense, becoming faster and more explosive, I wonder if that meshes with what Rabel wants to do. We've only seen Rabel win with teams that can beat people up in the trenches, that can pound the rock, and that can stop the run on defense and limit the big plays. But now it feels like the Titans are turning in a direction of, okay, well, now we're going to try and outscore people. Um, with Will Levis and with an explosive passing game and Tajay Spears out of the backfield, who's a dual threat. So they're going away from that style of football that Vrabel's won with. I wonder if he can make that adjustment. And, and you know, this year it's been tough. He hadn't had the he hadn't had the weapons on offense. He hadn't had the personnel groupings that he needs. But can he make that jump next year? Can he win with a team that doesn't beat people up physically in the trenches? Can he win with a team that relies on the pass more than the run? I'm looking at those two things heading into this offseason and into next season. And I think if the answer is no to that question, then Rabel's seat gets really hot. Um, but right now, he's just kind of – he's treading water. And I said on Sunday, it's like a Madden franchise these last couple of games. You want to simulate to the end. Mm -hmm. You really don't even want to play these games. You just you just want to get to the end of the season, get out of here, and start focusing on the offseason. So um, I'm interested to see how Rabel is able to win with a different style next year if he's willing to change his style. I, I don't know, because I, I mentioned that Vrabel leans on veterans. He also leans on coaches that he believes in and is is almost too loyal or not as proactive as he needs to be. I think if I were... Yeah, never mind, I'm going to save that for another show because <laughs> I think I just came up with a topic uh, for the offseason of one thing Mike Vrabel needs to... Uh, be better at next season. But I'm looking at this game, this the stretch of these four games. They should have beaten the Colts. If Mike Vrabel would have fired Craig Ackerman as special teams coordinator after the London game, when Craig Ackerman was not prepared at the end of half punt situation where Kyle Phillips muffed it and gave the Ravens free points. If he made, if Vrabel fired Ackerman there, they would have beaten the Colts because they wouldn't have given up those two blocked punts and Ryan Stonehouse, his left knee in that game. If Craig Ackerman wasn't around, but Vrabel allowed that to go and it came back to bite him 
against the Colts. Then they probably beat the Colts. I think they could beat the, the Texans the next week too. And so he's not as proactive enough. And that's something with his coaches, with, with the players, he leans and relies too much on people um, that he's been with instead of maybe the right feel at times too. I don't know how you feel about that. No, yeah. I, I think that sometimes you get comfortable in just – the known, the known commodities, right? You know what you're going to get out of guys that you've worked with before. So Vrabel's going to to lean towards those guys, but it's the great coaches in this league that hire unfamiliar, uh, unfamiliar faces. And when you do that, you bring in a new perspective, a new style, and then you have a perfect blend like we see in Detroit where Dan Campbell is, a, you know, a hard-nosed you know, coach that wants to win in the trenches, but he brings in a guy in Johnson that runs the offense and it's a, a beautiful orchestra going on in, in Detroit where you've, you're playing tough football, you're winning in the trenches, but you're also airing it out with Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta. It, it's, you've got you've to be firing on all cylinders like that in order to win at a high level in this league. And I, I just feel like it's a bit too familiar for Vrabel at times with the guys he hires. Yeah, Connor says uh, if I would have bought a Powerball ticket, I would have would have won and been rich. Hindsight, Austin, it doesn't matter. It's not hindsight. I think people understood that Craig Ackerman had not been doing a good enough job on special teams for multiple seasons, and he had a punt blocked against New Orleans. Uh, you, you let that go. Not being prepared uh, in that situation for Kyle Phillips to be coached the right way is bad coaching and bad preparation, and could be a fireable offense. But for not being prepared in a special team situation sounds ridiculous. It's not hindsight on that. Uh, and then Darren says, sounds like Vrabel's missing some details. And this is to go along with the hindsight Craig Aukerman thing. When you've got a lot of problems, some of the quieter ones fall through the cracks, right? And the special teams issues from Aukerman was a quieter problem, not the louder problem of Andre Dillard and the rest of the offensive line. Yeah. It's fair. Look, the Titans have plenty of holes. I, there's no doubt about that. It's hard to point. That's what that's what's been so frustrating about some of the stuff that we've done on the Titan Up podcast this year is because after every single loss, we wanted we want to point the finger at somebody or some area or some coach. And while it was Aukerman for a minute, it was also the offense. It's been the offensive line. It's been the secondary. It's been Mike Vrabel. It's been Tim Kelly. You're pointing your finger all over the damn place. So what's easiest is just. Okay, well, the Titans aren't performing in the areas they should be performing. So who's so who takes the most blame there? And it's going to fall on Vrabel every single time. And it should. All right. So, yeah. uh, Jack, let's go ahead and flip the script on the show here and switch it over uh, after last night and this weekend's game. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens making things interesting by shellacking the Niners last night on Monday Night Football to wrap up Christmas weekend. Want to ask you guys this question after Christmas weekend? Who's your Super Bowl favorite? Because this is a weird NFL season. There's a lot of teams still alive for the playoffs and trying to get a playoff spot. But is there a true Super Bowl favorite right now after what we've seen? Because it looked like the Niners could have been it uh, before last night. So who is your Super Bowl favorite after Christmas weekend? I want to get to your comments on this one. Uh, but first, the Bone and Joint Institute is where you should turn Whenever an injury occurs in life, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care, uh, that's where you should go uh, for those injuries, whether it's 
a, a, a life injury that happens for you as an adult. Maybe it's your son or daughter getting hurt playing youth sports uh, or uh, anything from your family members. They had this uh, injury. Go to the Bone and Joint Institute in Franklin. They've got every resource right there under one roof in Franklin, right off of I-65, boneandjointtn.org. Speaking of resources, BetMGM has a great live betting selection, par- uh, boosted odds parlays. They've got it all, player props, futures, everything that you could possibly want in sports betting. BetMGM's got it all. Download that app. If you're looking to get, get on a new sports book, change up your luck, or you're looking to get in the game for the first time ever, BetMGM is the friendliest place to do that. Download BetMGM, use our bonus code ATOZ Sports, and you'll get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. They don't want you to start out in the red. If you're going to sign up with BetMGM, they're going to make sure you're signing up with some extra money in your pocket. So download BetMGM, take advantage of our bonus code ATOZ Sports, and get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. Who's the Super Bowl favorite after Christmas weekend? The Ravens look pretty good. They've got the NFL best record at 12 and 3. You got a few teams with 11 and 4 records in the Miami Dolphins, who just beat the Cowboys, the Niners, who just got blown out by those Ravens, and the Eagles, who survived late against uh, the Giants and the Lions, who win the, AF- the NFC North for the first time in 30 years. The Chiefs are a nine win team, the Cowboys are a 10 win team. And outside of that, there's a lot of, ugh. I don't know. The Browns 10 wins. The Bills are nine and six looking kind of uh, flaky too. Who is the Super Bowl favorite after Christmas weekend? Jack, I'll send you to the chat first. Brandon starts us off on YouTube with the Ravens who looked great last night. Uh, Eagles from Curtis. John agrees. Ravens. Connor also on the Ravens. Ashley says the Dolphins. Roger says the Ravens. Um, Darren Lee says the Eagles. Nick Ewing, not afraid of last night's performance. He believe, he believes it's still San Fran. Stephen King says Buffalo, getting right at the right time. Hot teams win in the playoffs. Buffalo is certainly hot. They've still got a shot at the division, by the way, which mm-hmm. could get them playing in Buffalo. Very hard place to play in the playoffs. Um, Brad Davis says 49ers. Rashid says the Browns. That's interesting. When you think of favorites, I don't necessarily think There's of Joe no. Flacco and the Browns. But again, getting hot at the right time, playing with confidence. Amari, Amari Cooper Going for 200-plus yards, um, hard to, hard to uh, say that the Browns are easy to walk over in the playoffs here right now, especially with that defense. Chris Frazier says Ravens-Eagles Super Bowl matchup. Um, MB says it's San Fran. Uh, Jacob Ray says Ravens. San Fran from Howling Wolf. Miami, first Miami answer we've seen from Jared Hicks. Can Tyreek Hill get healthy and get that offense back on track down there? Um, Baltimore versus Philly, or excuse me, yeah, Baltimore versus Philly Super Bowl. Philly wins by three from Jonathan. Uh, Ravens and Lions, first Lions we've seen from Jody. Uh, let's see, continuing to go, Lions-Browns from Hello Ladies. Austin, you know, too often on with in the social media era, are we prisoners of the moment? Um, we take one result that happened, we start to, you know, conform our position on that one game instead of the full body of work. Last night, the 49ers got boat raced. Brock Purdy threw four picks, left the game early with a stinger. Um, really should have been qualified as a stinker because that's what he did last <laughs> night. That's why they really pulled him. But I, I, to me, I think it's still the San Francisco 49ers. They've got the best roster in football. Brock Purdy might not be the MVP, but you don't need an MVP to win in Kyle Shanahan's offense. You need a solid quarterback who can make throws on third down and not turn the ball over. I don't think we'll see another four-pick game from Purdy. And the good thing for Purdy and the 49ers is 
they won't have to see the Ravens until the Super Bowl. And Baltimore's had struggles winning in the playoffs. So I'm kind of a, I'll believe it when I see it guy when it comes to the Ravens. In, I, I also think that the AFC is going to be the tougher path to get to the Super Bowl. I think the Niners have less competition at the top in the NFC. The Lions haven't won a playoff game in over 30 years. You know, the Eagles don't look like the Eagles were last year. I just think the Niners have the easiest path. And because of that, I believe that they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl. How do you feel? I look, the Niners, there's a recipe for the Niners losing. And it's just making Brock Purdy miserable. And teams that can rush the passer have done that. Browns, Vikings, Bengals, Ravens. Those are the four losses for the Niners. Browns, Vikings, Bengals, and Ravens. And the Eagles can rush the passer, but that was just a a, a, a buzzsaw that the Eagles ran into with the Niners a few weeks ago. Because the Eagles had played three games in 13 days on short weeks with primetime games uh, and some tough opponents. The Niners were coming off the mini-buy on Thursday night with 10 days rest, and the Eagles got blown out that day. But uh, the Eagles do have flaws for sure. Um, and they have an easier, an easiest ish path. I look at the Ravens. This is not just a prisoner of the moment, a, a one result thing. Look at how many teams the Ravens have blown out Jack this year. I mean, not just the Niners, they blew out the Jags the week before, uh, they blew out the Bengals, um, or, you know, a couple months ago, uh, before Joe Burrow got hurt. hurt. They beat the Lions by 32 points. <laughs> they blew up the Browns the week after the Browns blew out the Titans by 25 points. The Ravens have been doing this all season long. And the games that the Ravens have lost were early. Week three against the Colts, week five against the Steelers, and then a two-point game and a crazy one against the Browns uh, about six weeks ago. The Ravens are the best team. Because their their offense is explosive, their defense is also explosive and opportunistic. I think I think the Ravens are absolutely the team to beat. They they've certainly got an attitude about them this year. Now I don't know that they have the playmakers they need on the outside. Zay Flowers has certainly been um, helpful this year. No Mark Andrews in the playoffs is going to be tough to overcome. Even though I do like Likely, I will say this. And this is for anyone who might sign up with BetMGM and use our bonus code A to Z Sports. Whenever Lamar Jackson is an underdog, bet on that man. Bet on him. He is now 20 and 5 against the spread as an underdog since he took over in 2018. The guy just doesn't lose in that role. But they're going to be favorites moving forward in most of their games that they're going to be playing. That defense is really scary. And it feels like it's not getting talked about enough because the yeah. Browns had the steam early in the early in the regular season, right? And in the division, like the Steelers defense gets talked about, although it's been down this year. The Browns defense gets a lot of attention. The Ravens defense has quietly put together the best unit in football, in my opinion. They've got Clowney, who's somehow still getting sacks in this league. Uh, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen at linebacker, tough to play against. But the secondary, I mean, you you win in the playoffs by winning the turnover battle. And they've got a couple guys in Marlon Humphrey and Kyle Hamilton who will make sure that Baltimore does not lose the turnover battle. Those guys are ball hawks. They are dangerous. I absolutely believe that the Ravens should be the favorite in the AFC. I just think that it's tougher. And it's 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 going to be nice that they're at home throughout and they get the bye. So they won't have to go into Arrowhead. They won't have to go into Buffalo. They won't have to go into Miami. They won't have to do any of that. So it, they, they should be the favorites in the AFC. I just, 
so I, so I can't hate on that. I just think that the the Niners, since they have the easiest path and the best coach in football, in my opinion, John Harbaugh is a close second. But I think the Niners have the edge on them. But I can't I can't fault you for going with the Ravens. Yeah, I mean the Ravens. I just counted it up. The Ravens have held their opponent to twenty points or less ten times this season. 20 points or less 10 times. I mean, because 21 should be enough to win a game, right? I, I think we all know that. Uh, and they've done it 10 times, 20 points or less. So I, I think they're they're really impressive. The distinguished gentleman brings up a great point that has made me sick for the last few weeks. So many former Titans are playing in huge football games and having massive roles in them. It's disgusting. It's hard to watch. And it hurts my heart. Yes. All right. Well, let's... Uh... Maybe that could be your shade, but we'll throw shade to wrap up this Tuesday show. Let's get it here with throwing shade every Tuesday to end the show. Also, shout out Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process. Go see them in Lebanon. Say, hey, to our friend Payne Bone there. End the year the right way by having Wilson County Hyundai save you some money on that ride. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. So if you've got shade, throw it. Uh, I hope people don't have a bunch of shade, this being the day after Christmas, the morning after Christmas. But, uh, Jack, do you have any shade you want to kick us off with? I sure do. And I think Titans fans are going to like my shade this week. I just got a little feeling. And I didn't have one until last night. Mm. But my shade goes out to A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. You know, when Kevin Byard got traded to the Eagles, you remember all that noise he was making? He told he told Kevin Byard and AJ said this to the to a guy uh, at the Philadelphia Inquirer. He said, "I told Kevin Byard you're a winner now. Things are done different around here, but enjoy it and just get up to speed." And the Eagles are no longer winners right now. I mean, they needed all the help from the officials at the end of that game to get away with two blatant pass interferences in the fourth quarter that had Brian Dayball hot even in the press conference post game. And the Eagles absolutely stole one, got away with one at home because the NFL wants to protect their precious Eagles because they know that fan base delivers when it comes to TV ratings. But A.J. Brown gets my shade because after that loss last night, he didn't have anything to say to the media. He said that he was told that if he doesn't have anything nice to say, then don't say it at all, and that he would rather take the fine than to answer for another dreadful performance from the Eagles in the spotlight. The Philadelphia Eagles have not won in prime time they do not like their look like their former selves, and there are headlines getting written, and you can check them out on A to Z Sports uh, Philly that I'm, I'm sure they're keeping up with this as well. But there are headlines out there that the locker room is kind of dead right now. And while A.J. Brown's a great player, and I would love for A.J. Brown to have stayed in Tennessee, I think it was a big mistake to let him leave. I'm, saying, I'm stating the obvious here. But I do think that when things are going poorly, A.J. Brown can compound those things with his attitude, with his demeanor, and being such a pivotal player on that offense, they need him to be glass half full at all times, but that's just not who he is. A.J. Brown is a big part of the Philadelphia Eagles' downturn these last few months, this last month, really, and that's where my shade's going today. A.J., if you stink it up on the field, answer the questions after the game. It's not that hard. You get my shade. Jack, how many games did Ole Miss win when A.J. and D.K. Metcalf were on that offense? Not a lot because that was the Tayamu years. That last no. year was six, right? There, there's a reason why. You know, I, I don't think AJ Brown by himself is somebody who can look, he's an incredible player, like you mentioned. He needs great people around him to keep him on the straight and narrow. 
I, I think is kind of what you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, you know, I feel like a D hop AJ pairing would work so well because D hop knows what it takes to win in this league. He's been there. He's done that. He's got the perfect mindset. I, I feel like AJ almost, it's almost like how you treat a really young player, a rookie, even that you hope to develop. You, you got to have the right mentality around him. You've got to put a veteran guy in the locker room with him to keep him on track. Maybe that's why the Eagles brought in Julio Jones, who's been a non-factor on the field. But it just feels like that locker room is slipping away right now, and they're too good to have problems internally up there in Philly. All right, let's see more shade. Ashley says shade on Purdy for those interceptions. Killed her in fantasy. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, Ashley. If that's how you went down, that's tough. Yeah, uh, Roger says, I'm throwing shade on having to move back to Tennessee from North Carolina. Nothing's wrong with moving to Tennessee from North Carolina. Uh, you know, well, I guess it depends on where you move in Tennessee. Uh, Chris Fraser saying, shade on the Lakers. Did the, what did the Lakers do yesterday? I, NBA doesn't exist to me anymore. I see, Especially I love on Christmas Day. But um, the Lakers have been horrible ever since they won the play-in tournament because I think that they exhausted themselves. Yeah, I, I guess Chris Frazier probably bet on them yesterday and lost his money. Mm because the Lakers lost to the Celtics. Fair. Um, fair shade there. Uh, Danny says, shade at, at having to be at work today after making the championship in my two uh, fantasy leagues. Had a great Christmas weekend, but want to be in bed, not at work. Uh, I feel you, then, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Michael says, shade on Miss Amy for sitting back and doing nothing about the dumpster fire in which the Titans are. No football acumen. I think that's disagree. a little bit strong. I, I also disagree. Uh, with that, I think, I think it's, you gotta have a bottom out year every once in a while. And the fact that the Titans, I think are close ish to being able to win next season. I think it's okay to have a bottom out type of year uh, this year. Darren says shade on NFL, putting an NFL playoff game on Peacock. That's just like how that it's going to be. That's just how it's going to be. But I don't. We uh, don't have to like it, Darren. That's true. That's true. Uh, Jack struggling with my shade because I had a great Christmas, great Christmas weekend, had a great time at Acme uh, with you. Great Christmas yesterday. But I guess my shade is just going to be on the awful, awful night of sleep I got last night. Just tossing and turning, couldn't figure it out. Woke up late. Little bit of groggy today, trying to keep the morning routine rolling, but it was clunky. I had a clunky morning after a clunky night of sleep. And that's not how I wish I would have started uh, the day after Christmas because I had a great time yesterday and a great time the last few days. But I don't know what the heck was up with me last night. I was just rolling around at like two o'clock, approaching three o'clock in the morning, just being like, this is miserable. I let myself sleep in a little bit. And then it just is all downhill after that. Because once you you sleep in, now you're just playing catch up the rest of the day. And so, look, shade on me uh, for for not getting any sleep last night. It's ridiculous. I feel your pain because you know how you wake up and you feel like, okay, you know what? It, it's, you know, and I, you're an early bird. So when I wake up early, I'm thinking like five to six. Like, okay, like, you know, it's not that far away from the day really getting started. But I woke up last night at around 3.30 thinking it was around 5 or 6. And I was like, oh, my God, I am so screwed for tomorrow. And uh, But I'm glad we got through the show. I, I, had a, I had a great time in the show. I thought the chat actually 
was on fire today. I saw a lot of y'all's discussions in the chat. Oh yeah. Um, you guys, you guys brought it today, the day after Christmas. We needed you today. So uh can't thank the chat enough. And Austin, I'm I'm glad we we powered through. We don't get we don't get enough credit for being so tough. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what we need. More credit for working tonight. All right, guys. No, but seriously, like Jack said, appreciate everybody for showing up today. I know a lot of people are off today and people that are working, uh, like a couple people of you guys said, uh, rather not be working, but thanks for being here uh, regardless and appreciate all of you guys. Uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow morning on a Wednesday. Sam will be live uh, for Titans at 2 today from Chicago. Uh, so check that out at 2 o'clock or so after Mike Grable's press conference today. And make sure you hit that like button throughout the show. Like before you go, we need that. It goes a long way on Facebook and on YouTube. Appreciate you guys. See you tomorrow. Uh, Take it easy.